Hello, and welcome to the Pursuit City Church podcast. Our mission is to lead people to know the love of Jesus Christ. Our prayer is that you will feel encouraged as well as challenged through the Word of God. If you need prayer or want to share your story, please send an email to info at PursuitCC.com. Get ready to enjoy this message. God bless. Y'all ready for the final sermon of this seven-week series? <laughs> Seven weeks, hopefully. Hopefully you've learned something or gained something from this. Uh, just a recap. Let's see if I can do this from memory. Hopefully I can. Is that my, am I already out of time? Jeez. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, hopefully I can do a quick recap from memory. The first week we talked about evangelism, how we are to go and reach people. And you actually hear me talk about that quite a bit uh, in January. So get ready for that. We've already got some series prepared. Uh, we talked about the fact that we are all called to make disciples. We are all called to reach people. We're, we're called to reach out to those around us. Amen. Week two, we had just come off the You Matter Feast. So we were talking about being the hands and feet and how when we give and serve to someone that we see, we're doing it as we're doing it to Christ. Amen. He obviously talked to his disciples and says, when you fed them, when you clothed them, when you gave to them, you gave it to me. And so it was just a beautiful picture about how you guys have been instrumental in being the hands and feet to Corpus Christi. Amen. In week three, we talked about Jesus's temptation. How many of you have ever dealt and struggled with temptation? Understand that Christ went through that. He dealt with that. And we talked about how temptation is not only normal but necessary and how he fought it with the word of God. Amen. Then we talked about his parables and how Jesus would speak in mysteries. He would speak in a way that would force people to make a decision. If they wanted to understand, if they were hungry enough to understand, they would go and seek that meaning. If they weren't hungry enough, they would fall by the wayside. We talked about the parable of the good ground, right? We all wanted to be good ground. We didn't want to be the sidewalk. We didn't want it to be the, the hard ground. We didn't want it to be the shallow ground. We wanted to have good soil. Amen. Jesus. And then last week, we talked about betrayal. We talked about how Jesus was betrayed. We talked about Judas. We talked about the fact that everyone goes through betrayal and Christ went through the ultimate betrayal. He was literally sold for 30 pieces of silver to the religious leaders of the day. And Judas was the traitor signifying who Christ was by giving him a kiss on the cheek and telling the Roman guards that is the man just by giving him a kiss, showing him an act of love. That's how the enemy works. Showing him an act of love, but really betraying him in the process. Pretty wild, right? That's how the enemy does things. And so we learned the fact that if you're not sold out to God, if you're not completely, 100%, all in, sold out for God, you're like Judas, you're always for sale. And it's hard to think about that, but it's true. If you're not 100% all in, then the, the enemy can find a foothold. Anybody ever thought about, you know, that scripture? 
I'm already on a rabbit trail. Y'all got to pray for me this morning. Uh, anybody ever thought about that scripture where it says, give no place to the devil? Another translation says, give no foothold to the devil. He, you know what I'm talking about? And I don't know if y'all ever seen like two kids, like one of them trying to keep the door shut, the other trying to break in, right? I don't know. My boys, you know, they fight all day. They, you know, wrestle all day, hit each other. And so I remember one time Malachi was trying to shut the door and Joel, man, he's a little tough. He got his foot in there. And that's all he needed. That's all he needed was that one foot. And he kind of wedged his way. And eventually, Malachi had no, he had no chance because once Joel got his foot in that doorway, hello, once the enemy gets that foot, don't give no place to the devil. Don't give him a foothold because he will wiggle his way back into your life. That's what we learned. I just didn't say it last week. <laughs> but that's what you need to be thinking of. The fact that if you don't deal with the reality of where you're at in your current state in life, and you just think, oh, it's okay. I, I don't have to really face that issue. It, nothing could be further from the truth. You must face every issue. Otherwise, you end up like Judas. Somewhere along the way, Judas did not face his own issues. Therefore, he ended up selling out. So today, we're going to talk about the testimony of Jesus Christ. This whole series has been about Jesus. It's been about his life and how desperately we need Christ. And so today, we're going to talk about the testimony of Jesus. Everybody has a testimony. If you're alive, if you've lived long enough and you've been serving Christ a little bit, even just a week, you have a testimony. A testimony is simply your story. It's a truth. It's something that you have gone through that God set you free from and God pulled you out of. Every one of us has a testimony. Even as simple as, you know, last week I didn't know the Lord. This week I do. I got saved. That is a testimony that is yours the enemy can't take that away. Nobody can take it away. And it is actually your weapon. It is actually part of your armor and part of your weaponry to combat the enemy. And it is how you can reach people. So I want to do something right now. Y'all ready? Look at your neighbor and say, you better get ready. No, no, no. You better do it again. You say, you better get ready. I want someone to come up here right now and share their testimony. Quick. Now, let's go. Somebody run up here. Okay, Ramon and Sarah Lynn, look at that. Is Sarah Lynn going to say it? Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, we present to you Miss America. I'm just kidding. Hello, everyone. I partially wanted to come up here so I can see how beautiful this baby girl is. My wife tried to hold me down. She said, don't. So, I mean, I have a couple. I have a couple of testimonies, but I'm going to share the one that really saved my life. Um, so when I was younger, I was rebellious. I was teenager, try to live the life of a rock and roll, you know. Anyways, um, so when I was 21, I went through some hardship in my life. Really, you know, I was homeless for a little while. You know, I, I was too embarrassed to go home to my family. There's more to the story, but. So I really caught myself alone. And when I was so mad at myself that I made myself mad at Christ. At God, and like, why am, why am I in this situation? Why am I here? Why am I, you know, why, why, why? But then when I looked in the mirror, I'm the reason why. 
God stays there. He doesn't stray. You stray from the path. And so both my kids, really, I got saved when I was 21, started out another church, and then I got, I left that church for personal reasons, and it made me mad again. So, of course, came back to the question, why, why, why? Why this? Why this? Why are you putting me through this? Why are you making me feel like this? And um, it wasn't really until the day my children were born that it really answered why. And, you know, we all make mistakes in life. And when you're alone, uh, when you're alone, it's kind of all over the place. When you're alone and you have no one else, you just close your eyes and you can feel his presence. Jesus and God are like the wind. You can't see the wind, but you can feel it. So, when you're, <laughs> thank you. But, um, yeah, so, I sorry, I got, uh, I got sidetracked, rabbit hole. I got up here and just did everything. But main, my main testimony was 21, homeless, had no one else, had no family, too embarrassed to go home. And I really just finally broke down my guard, my chains, and it really allowed me to open myself and accept Christ. And I was too stubborn on drugs, drinking alcohol, you know. Jesus drank a little wine, but I think I took a little further than that. So, <laughs> so you know, it's, you know, never be too stubborn. Never ask why. Close your eyes. And just let him come to you. Yeah. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Can someone say praise God? Where would Ramon be without that encounter, right? We all need that. It is so incredible. It is so important that we remind ourselves where we came from. We remind ourselves how God saved us. Amen. So Jesus had a testimony too. Even though he was perfect, even though he was blameless, even though there was absolutely no wrong in him, he had a testimony. And his testimony I want to, is very, very interesting. And we're going to get to that in the book of Revelation in a little bit. But first, I want to show you what he declared about himself in the book of Luke. So if you want to follow along, read the screen because... My notes are very, very short this morning because we're getting ready to have a little pachanga over there, right? <laughs> Luke 4. We're going to read out of the book of Luke chapter 4. Everybody's like, what is that? Did I say it right? That's a party, right? No, I don't know Spanish, so I'm just guessing. <laughs> Luke chapter 4 and verse 14 in the New King James translation. This is Jesus when he begins his ministry, after being tempted of the devil, after getting baptized, this is what happens. Luke 4, 14, it says, Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. Everybody say, in the power of the Spirit. To Galilee, and news of him went out through all the surrounding region. He hasn't done anything yet. He hasn't laid hands on anybody yet. He hasn't prayed for nobody yet. And already... His uh, encounter with what he went through is making its way through the region. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. In verse 16. So he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. 
And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he opened the book, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives and recovery of sight to the blind, set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And in the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So all bore witness to him and marveled at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, is this not Joseph's son? And he said to them, you will surely say this proverb to me, physician, heal yourself. Whatever we have heard done in Capernaum, do also here in your country. Then he said, assuredly, I say to you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. But I tell you truly, many widows were in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the heavens were shut up three years and six months. And there was a great famine throughout all the land, but to none of them was Elijah sent except to Zarephath in the region of Saddam, to the woman who was a widow. And many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elisha the prophet, and none of them was cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much for your mercies, for your grace, for your presence here in this room and that goes everywhere with us. I thank you for your word this morning. I ask that our eyes would be enlightened this morning. I ask that our hearts and our ears would receive this morning, that we would hear your voice clearly in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. There's actually so much in this scripture that we could be here a couple weeks just talking about this particular scripture. But in a nutshell, to simplify what Jesus just did is he got up before his ministry really even got going. And he declared that he was the person that the book was talking about. He stood there, opened the book of Isaiah 61, and he read from the book and said, that's me. The person you've been waiting for, the person that was sent to heal, the person that was sent to save, the person that was sent to fix things, that is me. This scripture has been fulfilled. I am here. And of course, they're looking at him like, you're crazy. You're just Joseph's son. There's really no way that you could be that guy. We know who you are. You are from Nazareth. Like, what's going on? And the reality was Jesus knew who he was. He was perfectly aware of his own identity. He was perfectly aware that he was sent for a purpose and a reason. He knew his ministry would not last long. He knew he would suffer greatly on the cross. He, Anyways, that is the power of a testimony. When you know that you're really not worthy enough to be used by God, but you step into it anyways because God has called you to it. God has asked you to it. You may not feel like you're capable of doing all these things we talk about. You may not feel like you're capable or even good enough to go reach out to someone and pull them into the kingdom of God, but you are the perfect person to do it because God uses everyone. God uses the imperfections of who we are, and he uses them to reach others 
who are where they are in that moment. He doesn't use perfect people. He doesn't use whole people. He uses even our brokenness to reach others at times. And Jesus stood there and said, I am here to help the broken. I am the person the scripture is talking about. That was Jesus' testimony at the moment. But I want to fast forward like a lot to Revelation chapter 19, also in the New King James translation. In Revelation chapter 19, in verse 10, it actually tells us the specific, not specific, the specific testimony of Jesus Christ. In Revelation 19, verse 10, it says this, And I fell at his feet to worship him, but he said to me, See that you do not do that. This is John talking about an encounter he had with an angel. He fell at an angel's feet to worship, and the angel said, no. By the way, anytime you see someone worshiping someone else in the Bible, that's not Jesus. If it's an angel, they always tell him to get up. If it's the devil, they don't say nothing because he wants that attention. He said, but he said to me, see that you do not do that. I am your fellow servant and of your brethren who have a testimony of Jesus. And this is interesting to me. An angel is saying, hey, I'm, I'm, do not worship me. I'm just like you. I'm your brother. We have the same testimony. It's the testimony of Jesus. Thank you very much. Worship God for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Now, this scripture seems very kind of mysterious until you really, really think about it. You see, Jesus has a testimony. He stepped into that synagogue, pulled out the book of Isaiah, which was a prophecy from long ago, and it was prophesying about him. So when he said, this is me, and this prophecy has been fulfilled, that is Jesus' testimony. The fact that everywhere he goes and everything he does, he fulfills prophecy. Why is this important? Well, number one, understand that there were over 300 prophecies about Christ. And he has fulfilled Every single one of them except one. And that is his return. Every single prophecy about Jesus that was in the Old Testament, he has completed. And then, of course, he prophesied about his own return in the end of days. Out of his own mouth, he shared that prophecy. And it is the only one yet to be completed. There were prophecies about his life. There were prophecies about his birth. There were prophecies about his ministry. There were prophecies about his death, how he would die. The fact that there would be no broken bones in his body after coming down off the cross. There were prophecies every step of the way. Jesus fulfilled every single prophecy with every move he made, with every word he spoke. Can you imagine the meticulous, detailed nature that he lived in? The mental 
level, the IQ. Forget your masters, bro. He's on a whole different degree up here. He's in a whole different atmosphere, right? He's thinking about things 10, <laughs> I don't know what you call them, minutes before you're even, even in that moment. He's living in the present while also existing in the future. Think about that for a second. Jesus fulfilled everything because he existed both before and after his present state. You start thinking about that stuff and it starts messing with your mind. And so I love to get very in-depth in that stuff and then to finally go, okay, what does that mean for me? Because I can't exist in the future and the past and the present all at the same time. I can only exist right here, right now. So what does that mean for me? If, if the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy, if he came to fulfill all that was written about him, if he came to do all that was said he was going to do, and then he did it to perfection, if that was his testimony, if that is what he did, what is that for us? Oof, thank you, Carol. Yes, it is. It is the truth. Something interesting about prophecy is it's just a prediction. It's like saying the Cowboys are going to win today. We all know that's going to happen. I mean, come on, somebody. Can I get an amen? Yes, they will win. They will win good. I predict by two touchdowns. Amen. Thank you very much. I'm going to amen. <laughs> You can't say amen, say ouch. Yeah, there you go. A prophecy is just a prediction. It's just saying this will happen. You can definitely use that and apply that to your life. I have long believed that though our testimonies are great, though Ramon's testimony is great, it should not be your only testimony. Though I have a testimony, and it's great, and it's mine, and I have built a history with God through that testimony, it should not be the only testimony. Now that you are following Christ, now that you are with God and, and you know him, what's next? Do you just stay, and that is your only testimony? No, no, no. That's right. you got to follow God in every season, and what you will find is that the testimony of Jesus, every step of the way, you yourself should be fulfilling God's prophecy over your life. So let's look at this for a second. I remember when I first got saved, you'd have people pray, and I'd have people pray over me, you're going to do this, and you're going to do that, and you're going to do this, and you're going to do that. And, you know, it seemed like every day I was going to do something new. I was like, man, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> you know, and it's just like, that's a lot of stuff I'm supposed to do. How am I supposed to do all that? You know, but what I started realizing is that God was willing to just speak to me and just lay it on. He was willing to pour out every dream and every vision he had for me. And it was up to me to go steward that word. It was up to me to say, okay, if God wants me to really preach, then I need to go learn how to preach because I ain't never done that before. 
if, if God really wants me to go plant a church, I need to go learn how to do that because I ain't never done that before. You see, God would speak something, but it was still up to me to go and say how and talk to him and pray and seek and find and knock. And eventually you step forward into that prophetic word about your own life. You see, the testimony of Jesus is that everything he did, every step he made, he would fulfill prophecy about his own life. Therefore, if we're supposed to be like Christ, if we're supposed to be like Jesus, everything that we do should be stepping forward to fulfilling a prophecy about our own life. Don't settle for just the testimony of how you got saved. There should be a new testimony upcoming. Because God's taking you to that next step. You need to start declaring what you see. I know that some of you here, you will have visions. You'll have a dream. You don't know what it is. That's God speaking to you. You need to start declaring it. And then you need to start taking steps in that direction. Look, I am not the smartest person. I am not the most talented person. I know how to do just enough of everything to get by, okay? Like, really, I just, I know how to do enough to get it going. But what I am, what you will have to compete with me on is I'm relentless. If you get in a wrestling match with me, I will not give up. You will have to kill me. I just won't give up. I don't know how to quit. And ask my wife, I just don't know how to quit. There is no quit in me. It just doesn't exist. There is no off switch. It's like if I have a task, even if I mess it up the whole way there, I'm going to do it. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to do it. I'm relentless. That's just my nature. That's how God designed me. And so when God would speak to me about something, I'd have no idea, no, no training, no money. No, I mean, just nothing. But I'm like, yeah, let's go. And, you know, in a way, you need to be that way. Because you will not always have everything you need to get going. Sometimes all you need is to move. Sometimes all you need is to get up, out of bed, wake up, and get going. Because if you never take those steps, you'll never walk in that prophecy about your own life. Some of you are supposed to start businesses and you're still putting it on the back burner because you're scared. Guess what? You're supposed to be scared. You're supposed to do it scared. Some of y'all waiting before you do this or that about your life, relationships, jobs, whatever you want to call it, and you won't do it because you don't know where to start. You got to get started so you know where to start. I heard you. <laughs> you see, you can't imagine something and then say, yeah, I'm going to get there when God sets it all up for me. Well, that's not going to work like that. That's just not going to work like that. Jesus came to the earth. He lived his life. He did his ministry. And then when it was time to be crucified, he had a choice. See, we may not be here talking about this, 
Church wouldn't even exist if Jesus chose something different. He had a choice. He knelt down. He began to sweat blood. The mental and physical stress of what he was going through was so immense. He was already bleeding that night before he went to the cross. And he's sitting there and he said, this is too much. His humanity was feeling the pressure. He said, God, this is too much. Let this cup pass over me, but whatever your will is. And he eventually still yielded to the will of his father. He still yielded to the will of why he came in the first place. It is such a beautiful picture. Because God himself came off the throne to become a child, to live as a man while being fully God, being perfect, being blameless. And in that moment, no one would fault him for choosing to just live. No one would fault him and no one would even know to fault him because we would not be telling his story otherwise. But because he chose the cross, he continued to step forward in that prophecy. He continued to take strides towards something that was hard, that was difficult, that was painful, but ultimately necessary so that you and me have the hope that we have. See, there is no hope for me without that decision, without his yes to the cross. There is no hope for you. There is no hope for anyone if Christ doesn't make that choice to continue on to fulfill that next prophecy about going to the cross. So you think it's just a message. No, no, no. His testimony was about fulfilling every step. And that one was so important because without that one, everything else was obsolete. Imagine now your own life. There are things God asks of you to do. There are accomplishments that he wants to give you. But if you don't get out and take those steps, you'll never see the end. You'll never see what exactly he asked of you. You'll never see exactly what he spoke to you. You'll never see that vision come to pass. You'll never see that dream become a reality. But if you get up and you go and you take those steps and you say, you know what? I'm, my life is going to be about fulfilling the prophecy that's on me. Your testimony every day is being shaped. <laughs> yeah, I like that. That's awesome. Worship team, y'all can come up. Wow, I actually kept it to 25 minutes. Look at that. Right? Y'all should get me a plaque or something. <laughs> There's something about prophecy that is special. Because if I bring Alex up here and I begin to prophesy to him, for me, it's just I'm sharing what I think is on my heart. For him, he's listening and he's trying to figure out, is that, is that true? Is that right? Is, is that real? Does that confirm with what's in my own heart and mind or is it something I just hold on to for later or sometimes it's like man that's exactly 
what I'm going through. You know, I've been in both situations where I was like confused. I'm like, yeah, I don't know if that was for me, you know. And then later on, here's that word being fulfilled. Prophecy is such a unique thing. It's such a special thing. But it is literally the testimony of who Christ is. Therefore, and, and Paul said it so many times. He goes, I, I, I pray that you all learn how to do this, do that, speak in tongues, heal, all this stuff. He said, but mostly I, I pray that y'all learn how to prophesy. Because, man, it's so encouraging. It's edifying. It, it lifts you up. You know, it builds you up when you receive a word from God. But I challenge you this morning. Don't let it just be a word. Let it be a catalyst for your life. Y'all can play whenever y'all are ready. Let it be a trigger for what's next, for the future. Because if you don't let it push you in that direction, you'll never find the reality and the meaning that he gave you those words. I remember getting saved. I was 18 years old. I didn't know anything. I knew the Bible. I didn't know what was next. All my plans had changed. What I had thought I wanted for my life, I no longer wanted. Because now all I knew is that I wanted the Lord and whatever he wanted for me. So I was an open book. And so I would literally stand there and just say, God, use me. I don't care what you do. I don't care what you want me to do. Just use me. I don't care where you want me to go. Just tell me. <laughs> and man, he did tell me. And all of a sudden, I began to receive words and then dreams about learning to sing and play. And before you know it, I was leading worship. And I was like, wow, okay, young people. Right? I started seeing young people and worshiping in like an open field. And next thing you know, I'm serving as a youth pastor at my parents' church and I'm seeing that vision come to pass. And I'm like, wow, okay, this, this is what I'm supposed to do. And I did that for 10 years. When I was looking for a wife, I would have a vision. When we were thinking about children, I would have a vision. And man, <laughs> the pictures in my mind, they're real today. I remember having a dream about a white baby boy <laughs> with colored eyes. I was like, oh, how's that going to happen? I'm pretty dark. <laughs> and then here comes Joel. I was like, oh, check him out. Blonde hair, colored eyes, white. People stare at us funny when we're together until they talk to them. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's your kid. <laughs> a, a weird thing. I, and I know it's just the small details, but to me it's important. I remember having a, a, a dream of children with my wife. This is way before I met Cheryl. And I just remember seeing them at like a dinner table eating in front of a bay window. 
We just bought a house that we're fixing up. And man, I kid you not, if there are two large bay windows, and I was sitting there the other day and I was like, huh, would you look at that? I don't think we've ever had bay windows in any of our homes. And I'm looking at it, and I just, it just dawned on me the other day. I was like, wow. It's like those subtleties, they're real. God will speak to you if you pay attention. For some of you, he simply wants your heart and you're not there yet. He simply wants you to say yes to a lifestyle with him and you're not there yet. And he wants that first. You see, before he starts speaking to you about all these plans and all these goals and all these dreams, first you have to have his ear and he has to have yours. That you haven't surrendered. It's time to surrender everything. Let's stand. Father, we thank you so much. We ask that you would just remain with us here in this moment as we step into a new year. Remain with us. Help us to see every step we need to take. Help us every morning to continue on in the direction you called us in. To fulfill the prophecy on our own life. To fulfill the calling you've given us. Lord, I pray this morning, those that have not fully surrendered to you, that happens right here and right now. He's calling you. He's calling you away from your old life. He's calling you away from what you knew. He's calling you away from your past, from the identity you thought you had. And he's calling you into a new light. decided, I said, why fight this? 
why, why go against God? Like, how am I supposed to win? Like, there's no way I can win. So I surrender. I just want to give you an opportunity this morning. If you have not made the Lord your Savior this morning, I want you to lift your hand if you want to receive Him. Amen. See you. Father, I thank you right now for those receiving salvation through Christ alone. I pray that you begin to speak to them begin to shape and mold their future, begin to give them dreams. I pray that their eyes and their heart and their mind begin to soak in your presence and your word. Set them on the path they need to go and help them hear your voice. In Jesus' name. Someone say amen this morning. If we can have our prayer team come forward. If you have need of anything, they're here to pray with you while we worship. Hey, listen, this is the last Sunday morning worship session we're going to have before our Christmas Eve celebration. So don't be in a hurry. Take some time. Let's worship the Lord. If you need prayer, they are here to pray with you. Amen. this week our vision is to plant churches that are life-changing if you would like to support our ministry you can easily do so by visiting our website pursuitcc.com also follow us on all social media outlets by using at pursuitcc thank you and god bless